This morning, I I want to share briefly what I like to title "Handing Down Enduring Legacies." Handing down enduring legacies. I'll be reading a, a couple of scriptures. Um, I'd like for us to do that together so that we can just enjoy God's word together. So the first scripture I'd like to read from the Bible is the book of is found in the book of Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. And I'll be reading um, verse 20, 22. I read a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. I read it again. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Also, we read Genesis, Genesis chapter 18, Genesis the 18th chapter um, is about um, God's testimony about um, Abraham. I'm going to be reading verses 17 to 19. So that the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation? and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. I want you to take note of verse 19. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord will bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Glory to God. Um, let's also read um, final scripture before we get into the heart of the message. Turn with me to Second Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two, and I'm reading verse two. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Glory to God. Handing down into your legacies. You know, it's um, clear or apparent from the scriptures that I've just read to us that. Um, there's clearly an expectation, especially from God, that knowledge or doctrine should be transferred from one generation to another. There's an expectation that knowledge about God, knowledge about His ways, and not just His acts, are communicated from one generation to another, from one predecessor to um, the protégés, or from one progenitor to another set of uh, protégés. There's, there's a, so to speak, a handing down process 
and this handed down process and like some of us who may have done a bit of social science is referred to like an acculturization process um, and in this acculturization process you know a major part of what is communicated a major part of what is handed down is the word of the lord is the scriptures is god's precepts and god posted about abraham he says he knows him he knows that he will command his family and he would teach them his ways the same thing was uh, communicated in proverbs chapter 13 and in verse 22 where the uh where the um in proverbs chapter 13 and in verse 22 we find that the uh the scriptures clearly say that a good man leaveth an inheritance for his children's children i know that many times when people look at that scripture when people evaluate what has been communicated in that scripture there is the tendency to to look at uh, just material acquisitions as the only thing that that a good man hands down material acquisitions so like we see in our day and age, maybe a very wealthy man who hands down maybe an inheritance of houses, stocks, maybe certain businesses and things like that. But I believe that above and beyond material things that were meant to hand down, um, the believer or the one who walks with God is expected to hand down enduring legacies to the next generation, to hand down enduring legacies to protégés, to hand down enduring legacies to, to those who, have, who are to come after us. Glory to God. And clearly, this was exemplified in the scriptures, in the New Testament, when even... Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ gave us very clear instructions on what to do when it was about to leave. In the book of Matthew chapter 28, in Matthew chapter 28, the Bible records from verses 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. And what were the instructions? He said that it should teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And, it's, and they buttressed that instruction with verse 20 by saying, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You know, people who are into the academia, people who are into research, usually would do studies on, they call it KAPs, knowledge, attitudes, and uh, practices of people, which 
we really call um, uh, the culture a particular culture a particular disposition of a set of people so it, it, it is clear to me looking at scripture that god wants us to hand down the knowledge as um, enshrined in his word from one generation to another and and the scriptures are clear about it i i i want to read an additional Bible verse that so to speak so to speak corroborates that in Deuteronomy chapter 32 Deuteronomy chapter 32 and in verse 46 the Bible says here that, and he said unto them set your heart unto all the words which I testify among you this day which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. He says that set your heart, fix your heart, as in just be sure in your heart that the things that I'm commanding you this day, that you will ensure that your children observe them and not just observe, observe to do them. Everything as detailed in God's word. So there's no doubt in my mind that God wants that. But you see, apart from the literal scriptures, which deals with the specific instructions about who God is and how they are supposed to conduct their lives, there are certain other things that is expected that a good man should hand down as a legacy to the next generation or to the people following him or her. Glory to God. And you know, in research, talk about knowledge, attitudes, and practices. Apart from the practices, apart from the knowledge, I want to zoom in on, you know, one particular uh part of that that trio it is attitudes there is a there is a disposition and there's a mindset that is expected to be communicated as part of our our culturization process for the generation that is to come after us or for the sets of people that are supposed to be discipled by us what I would like to refer to as a kind of a transference of spirits. Glory to God. A, a, a transference of, of a mindset. A transference of an orientation. A transference of a worldview. A transference of a perception about God and the reality of God that must be communicated in all of the handing down of legacies from one generation to another. You know, Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good man, you know, leaveth an inheritance for his children's children. So that begs the question, what legacies are we handing down to both our biological children and to our spiritual children or to people that God has given us the privilege 
to lead or to disciple or to shepherd on that one uh, situation or that one uh, office or the other. So God expects us to hand down his word, but there is a mindset, there is an orientation that needs to be projected by us also to the next generation. <laughs> Glory to God. Kingsville Church was designed with a mandate by God to accomplish certain things in the world and in the lives of people. So much more than just being a body of believers, growing in our work with God, affecting our world for God with our focus towards heaven. It is expected that there is a, a kind of mindset and a kind of spirit that should be communicated by everyone that is a part of this commission. Glory to his name. And it is what I would like to refer to as handing down of those legacies that define who we are and define how we're to walk with God. Glory to his name. And so, what are the kind of things that I want to just quickly mention this morning? You know, there is, there is first and foremost, a spirit of faith, a mindset of faith that needs to be communicated to the next generation. You know, and these things are not things that you teach. These are things that people catch. They are things that people perceive from a leader. They are things that people, by association and interaction with them, they pick up. Glory to God. I'm talking about a can-do spirit, a spirit that never gives up, a spirit that is dogged, a spirit that never says never, a spirit that can never die in the face of adversity. I'm talking about a mindset that just stays there and never gives up under any circumstance, never budges, never, never caves in under any situation. It's called the spirit of faith. You know, there's a spirit of faith. There's an attitude of faith. There's a mindset of absolutely nothing is impossible to them that believe that we must reflect, that we must demonstrate, that we must be able to affect another generation with by our attitudes and by our actions and by our conduct. It is something that that we need to communicate. So the first thing that I want to mention this morning is that spirit of faith, that, that mindset that, that makes you not only say things to align with God's word simply because you want to follow the rules and regulations of walking by faith, but a knowledge that there is an attitude of anything that God's word prescribes is absolutely possible and it can happen and it will happen and you will not take no for an answer. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm talking about the spirit of faith. That must be communicated from one generation to another. It must be communicated to our children. It must be communicated to our biological and spiritual children. You know, we teach our children to be fearless. We should teach them to, to take on the world. We should teach them not, not to 
not to be afraid of challenges, to be bold, to be courageous, to be able to chest whatever it is that the world throws at them. Glory to God. It's called the spirit of faith. Hallelujah to Jesus. So the first thing we ought to communicate from one is that one, the first legacy we must ensure we hand down is that spirit of faith. Glory to his name. Secondly, there is the legacy of what I want to refer to as a spirit-led lifestyle. You know, a spirit-led lifestyle. You know, someone can say in principle that I, I yield to the Holy Ghost, I follow the Holy Spirit, I allow him, but the actions that the person carries out actually betrays betrays that 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 fact <laughs> because you don't see anything about the way someone conducts himself that suggests that we're entirely dependent or yielded to the holy ghost one of the things that i believe makes kingsville church a unique uh, uh, local assembly under god is because one of the things god told us is about emphasizing the move of the spirit the work of the holy ghost in inside of us through us for us and in us and with us glory to god and it must be reflected back there must be a disposition towards it there must be an attitude towards the things of the spirit that shows a welcoming disposition glory to god you know we don't we don't behave like people who who look at spiritual things as being spooky there is that there must be an eagerness there must be an excitement there must be a tendency to want to go in that direction because it's our natural disposition as people who have been communicated to by god that this is an essential part of who we are and what we must hand down from generation to generation such that when people come to to join us come to be a part of our ministry come to be a part of what we do in king's church they see that we don't only mouth this whole thing about about the Holy Spirit, we practically live it. For, for there's a tendency to, to expect him to manifest himself in our meetings, to expect him to show up in our everyday conduct and lives. And anybody who watches us will see that we have regard for the things of and about the Holy Spirit. So the second legacy that we must hand down, that is critical for us to hand down to our children's children and children is a spirit-led lifestyle glory to his name the third thing that i believe is important for us to communicate as a legacy to any generation that comes to be a part of us is a grace orientation glory to god a grace orientation there must be everything about what we do that suggests that we have come to accept that we are who we are by the grace of God, that, that by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. I find it interesting that the Bible says expressly that we should grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he was emphatic about it, that the realization 
that whatever it is you are going to do for God is a partnership with him that is entirely dependent on his ability at working. You are not by what you think you can do of your own accord. Must be an attitude that is reflected in all that we say, in all that we do. That even when we, when we do things for God and do things on behalf of God, we are careful to know that it was never about us. It was always about God working through us. And it must be reflected, it's an attitude. It's a disposition. It's a disposition. Because you see, you can build a church and you can build a body of believers and a group of people, and you can erroneously begin to inject the concept of works. You can inject unconsciously a mindset of works, making it look like it's about what you did or what you didn't do that, that gives you validation by God. You know, it's not just something you teach. It is a disposition. It's an attitude. There must be an, a graciousness about our attitude. There must be an attitude of, I'm, I'm entirely like Moses that says, God, if you ain't going with me, I ain't going nowhere. Glory to God. I'm talking about a, 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 a grace orientation that knows that, that you are who you are because God has made you who you are in Christ. Glory to his name. So that's an enduring legacy that we must be careful also to communicate to anybody who we have been given the privilege to disciple or to nurture, either biologically or spiritually. Glory to his name. And I also would like to mention another one, which I think is vital. And it is the, the, the mindset of new creation realities. Glory to God. As a body of believers, one of the legacies we must always communicate is the fact that everything must be seen from the standpoint of the finished work of Christ. Everything must be seen from the standpoint of what God had sealed and completed by his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so we look at every doctrine every theological perception through the lens of redemption, through the lens of the finished work of Christ. We see everything that we teach, whether we teach about finances, or we teach about holiness, or we teach about, uh, about victory in spiritual warfare. There is a mindset of the, the finished work of Christ, where everything is appreciated, only from the lens of the fact that God, by what he did through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we have access to unlimited power, unlimited resources in the heavenlies, sharing his authority and power, and expressing the glories that are in God by virtue of what Jesus Christ did. Glory to his name. We're talking about new creation realities understanding that everything that was in the past remains in the past and everything that is now is now in the light of us being in Christ and Christ in us. Glory to God. It's not just a, a theological orientation. It must be a spirit that you exude. It must be a spirit that you communicate. You, you find yourself easy to, to see things from that mirror. Glory to God. That is something we must 
always communicate as a legacy to the next generation. And finally, this morning, I'd like to also talk about the last legacy that I believe is important for us as a body of believers in the local assembly to constantly uh, communicate to the next generation. And it is what I, or what the Bible refers to as a righteousness consciousness. Glory to God. It, it, it's not something that, that is just to be taught as, as a biblical theory or as a biblical precept. It is a spirit that we communicate. There's, there must be there must be a consciousness of your right standing in God that is a product of who God has made you. Glory to God. That has nothing to do with anything you've done or you didn't do. The orientation that you are righteous and because you are righteous, you can do righteous acts must be strong, must be something that is communicated and communicated all the time. And that is what rules our life, that rules our mentality. Is the reason why we live above board. Is the reason why we endeavor to, to, to demonstrate to the world a lifestyle that they can emulate because we are walking from a consciousness of righteousness. Glory to God. It is the reason why we know that irrespective of how we feel about ourselves, that God is at work in us and we stand in his place of authority. We stand in his place of supremacy. We stand in his place of dominion, sharing and partaking of the inheritance of, of God in Christ. Folks, it's all about who we are in Christ. And there must be an attitude about it. There must be a courage. There's a courage about someone who is righteousness consciousness, that is righteousness conscious, that brings boldness, that brings indomitability. You are indomitable in your orientation. That causes you to be able to, to take on the world and believe that you are going to, 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 to win and win convincingly. If you notice, every single one of these legacies that I've mentioned this morning, they seem to be tied to one another. You cannot have a righteousness consciousness and not have a can-do spirit called the spirit of faith. You cannot have the spirit of faith and work in you and not operate from, from a perception that everything has been done in Christ already. Come on. That's, 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 a, that's a new creation reality. That's a, that's a reality of redemption, perfecting all that concerns us. Glory to God. And you know, we can't achieve any one of these things without knowing that the Holy Spirit is the one who is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Glory to his name. Folks, it's not all about just the cars and the houses and the, and the uh, material acquisitions that we, that we hand down to our children. Those things are good and I want to encourage you as a good man or as a good woman to do that for your biological children. But beyond what you do for your biological or spiritual children, we need to hand down these legacies that make us who we are, that define us as, as, as New Testament saints that have come unto Mount Zion, come unto the church of the firstborn, that have come unto the city of the living God, and, and, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, 
and to an innumerable company of angels. Glory to God. We have come unto God. And everything we are, who we are, and what we are is defined by one factor, in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. For in Christ we are spirit beings with the spirit of faith. In Christ we are the righteousness of God. In Christ we operate in new creation realities. Folks, I just want to encourage us to, to carry this mindset, this mentality, and ensure that this attitude or this spirit is communicated to the people we disciple and to our children, whether they're biological or spiritual. And the Lord will help us as we do so in Jesus' name. We will build a mighty hand. We will build a, a, a very, very formidable force of people who keep winning victories upon victories in this world and in the worlds to come. Glory to God. I believe that we've been blessed by uh, those words. I just want to ask you to go about your day confident that God is your keeper, God is your helper. Our country is turning out right. The will of the Father is being done in our nation. Go ahead and have a fantastic day. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>